All you got to do is buy is buy some Congress folks, you know. Then yeah. boom, you're you're good. You're locked I mean, in. The problem is, we, you know, we don't we don't have a tech giant wanting to buy our Congress people. So yeah. Also, they just went on recess for like a month, despite everything. But yeah, to be fair, there's just not a lot going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 272 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I am not a pipe. I'm, I'm Sam. Yeah. This is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is August 14th, 20 Blundy. Before we get started, we have a warning there's going to be profanity in this show. So just know that that's coming. We'd also like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. We got a new recurring supporter named Eyak. Eyak. <laughs> that's an electronic yak, I assume. Yeah. Uh, so Looks like a USB stick. Yes. Uh, we'd also like to thank the rest of our recurring supporters as well. Uh, Sam, Mm-mm. you've got some kind of evening story. I've got, a, to go. I've got a hilarious moment that happened this past week. Which is so around 10 p.m. every night, my uh, my wife and I usually try to figure it's sort of figuring out like who's who's ready to go to bed now, right? Because both of us are working on stuff. She's doing a bunch of cool paintings, and so there's been a few nights where she's like you know kind of stayed up working on things, and so we've played a bit of this of this whole like uh, you know trying to figure out who's the one who's determining it's bedtime now versus who is sort of going to continue just entertaining themselves for a while, and so. This started happening again on, on Wednesday night this week, the usual. So uh, at about 10 o'clock, I detected her downstairs, heard her podcast going. And so I was like, oh, like whenever she listens to her podcast, as long as it's still on, then I know that she's still painting, right? So I was like, okay, well, it's 10 o'clock. She's clearly still in the middle of it because you're not even washing her brushes yet. So I'm just going to go start like a random movie that I don't have any intent of watching completely. It's literally just 15 minutes probably of like, you know, kind of powering down time. Sure. So hop into Netflix. What do I do? Pick the number seven movie in the United States. Which, number seven. Nice. Number seven, uh, which was a dance, one of those like teen dance movies, you know, kind of like step up sort of a situation. Oh, no. I know where this is going. So start watching this and like it's, I mean, it's amusing. You know, it's like the dancing is actually fine. Like it's not, nothing too crazy. Uh, the writing's pretty good. We're watching it. Like 10 minutes go by. Still haven't heard anything. Um and so I, I feel like I, I still hear the podcast going downstairs. And so I'm like, wow, okay, I guess I guess she's just going for it. And then I just kind of like sit there and I'm watching this movie. The whole time, sort of quietly in my mind being like, wow, Diana's like really going for it. Usually she's just stay up past 1030. This is crazy. Um, so finally, 1130 rolls around. Okay. I'm like five minutes away from this movie being done. <laughs> Has she been sleeping and, while listening to the podcast? And I hear, well, I suddenly hear <laughs> Diana go, Sam? which is the yell she always does if I'm not in bed yet, but she is. And so oh. I screamed back and I was like, what? <laughs> she, and she basically revealed that she had actually been upstairs since about 10.05. So somehow I had just missed her coming up the steps and then for whatever reason uh, just sort of assumed that she was still downstairs. So both of us literally waited for an hour and a half <laughs> like for two each rooms other, apart. two rooms apart. <laughs> Uh, because I, like, I couldn't tell that she's that. And then she was, of course, she's trying to like respect. She's like, oh, wow, I guess he's like super into this movie. <laughs> and while I was watching this step up sort of movie, I was like, oh, man, this is this is too good. It's too good. Too I got to say, one of the things I love about those, those step up movies is just how true to life they are. You know, like mm-hmm. it so perfectly reflects my experiences uh, as a teen in high school. Absolutely. You know? Like the dance battles, the tough but fair coach, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all that stuff. It's just it's just really, really hits home. I it really does. Like. You know, I feel like uh, it really captures how – just how many problems in life can be solved with a can-do attitude and a little fancy footwork. You know what I mean? And a, and a dance troupe. Yeah. You know, and it, uh, the, don't they tend to follow also the same kind of like – so every sports underdog story, it's like – Team of misfits, a coach who believes in them when nobody else would. And then they've got some kind of weird play that they invented that nobody thinks it will ever work. Mm -hmm. And then they're down by one point, you know, at the very end of the finals. And they decide, you know what? 
It's time. This is our this is our one shot. It's time to do that thing that we that we practiced. And they pull off some kind of wild, unpredictable play that only they could do as the wild card in mm-hmm. this competition, right? Isn't that also the case with dance? Yeah. I movies? mean it's generally always it's generally always That's just the synopsis of every movie. That's true. Yeah. It's Every about finding yeah. it's about finding your secret unique That's power through your friendship. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I guess it would make for a boring movie if it was like this dance movie competition. This person is is quite good, you know, and they're near the top. Uh it's gonna be contentious between them and the other top person, but they just worked harder at it and practiced more. Mm-hmm. And they went and did the exact routine that they practiced. And uh, they did pretty good. They got the gold medal. <laughs> it reminds me of how, like, in uh, that's the real story. It actually reminds me of how in in a lot of animes, the more the the harder you scream, the more powerful you get. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, I feel like that's there's sort of an equivalent in the dance battle thing, where it's like whoever whoever sort of somehow wants it more is able to get it. You know, it's not about putting in the hours. It's just like I got all the heart. Who's, who's judging these uh, dance battles? In the in this in particular movie, I mean, there's always there's always some judges, celebrity judges. There's you know your high school, whatever team. I don't know. It's always the dance troupe competition of the century, sort of a situation. Because I feel I feel like you know much like uh, figure skating and stuff. I feel like there could be a lot of bias, you know, in these because you can't measure with a stopwatch like how well somebody danced. I mean, Adam watches you know a bunch I mean? of that World of Dance thing. I think he's I'm still watching it. It's fucking great. He's probably <laughs> he's probably a keen-eyed judge at this point. Can you tell the difference if you're like that one was better? Just straight yes. up. Yes. I mean, but in terms of like the, <laughs> the, the Are you the, able the to really like articulate? Uh, you know, I can't really articulate it, but I can definitely I can definitely you tell. Can tell. And it was actually the the we, the most recent one. I think we're behind by one because they weirdly came out back to back. Usually it's once a week. Um, but so my wife and I watched this most recent one and just fucking pissed because there was a because they're do they still do it like they bring out a pair right and each pair dances mm-hmm. and they basically in effect actually they in effect choose one because uh, they they bring people out and they're the leaderboard and they're just whoever gets the highest score you know knocks other people down and so on mm. and so they were at the end and there were two people at the top which is all that there could be and they had they brought in the last group the last duo to dance and they were not they were just not as good mm. as the as the other duo and they but the judges fucking loved them and and the reason they loved them was because it was sad as shit and that was the because uh. that, that contemporary dance which the joke is if you, you just dance while sobbing your eyes out right <laughs> uh, and that's apparently <laughs> My understanding from watching World of Dance is yep. that this is the entirety of what contemporary dance is. Is the harder you sob, the better you danced. Right? To be fair, if these are all millennials so this, this, doing this the dancing, group did it. You know, it's a, yeah. sort of where we're I mean, at. This group, these days. they were fucking sobbing. Like, and, and like the, the judges were like teared up and crying. Like everybody was crying, but it wasn't as good. You know, it was mm. yeah, way more emotional and like intense. But just as a as like as a as a thing to watch and like watching the skill. It just wasn't as good. And so I was, I was just, the, I was just aggravated because I was like, "What is it we're valuing here? Are we valuing the fact that it, that this thing made everybody cry? Like, is that yes? Because like you could have just pepper sprayed everybody or something, and that would have had the same effect. Like, you what is be, that? You have to remember the rule, which is that the audience wants to work for their dinner; they just don't want to know they're working. If you pepper spray someone in the face, they are very well aware that you have forced them to cry. <laughs> but if you wiggle <laughs> yeah, your body also, around, where's while sobbing, the where's uh, the skill? Right? Because like dancing is is fun. And cr- sobbing while doing it is very hard, you know? That's true. It's very easy. It's very mm-hmm. easy to sob after being pepper sprayed. There's no skill. Okay. <laughs> There's no skill in there. <laughs> Good point. I take it back. But still, though, the other group was – they were so strong and so, and so like, flawless and fluid um, that everything they did looked easy. And you know that's one of the things people say, like, oh, you made that look easy. That's, like, the sign of how good you are at this thing, right? right. But they did that more than anybody else that we've seen, like, on this show or in any of the shows that we've, that we've watched of, like, supposedly the best dancers in the world. It's fucking crushing. And the other group, sure, they were good, without a doubt. But mostly they were just sobbing. Like, that was, that was the thing. <laughs> that's so. Also, it makes it look harder, you know, because, like, clearly they're having a hard time doing this. Like, yeah, they're working – they're pulling out these incredibly difficult dance moves. Look how hard it is. They're crying the whole time. Yep. You know, you could feel the pain. If you make it look, if you make it look easy, then it must be easy, and then you're not going to get as many points. Yeah, well, I wonder. And I wonder too how much of it is that because because it was so effortless that that's what I was. I was just so impressed by the whole thing. But apparently, mm-hmm. everybody else was like, 
I'm bored at how effortless this is. And the, <laughs> right, right. We need more It's sort of the other curse of expertise, right? The better you get, the more people just can't even understand what you're doing in a way that lets them appreciate it. You know? I saw I saw a tweet that, I, that, is, that is poignant for life as well as for this discussion uh, that somebody said uh, – they were like – so a, a, a junior programmer makes a mistake and they're like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed I made a mistake. Uh, and then an experienced programmer makes a mistake and then brings everybody else around and says, look at this dumb shit I did. <laughs> and I think, I think that actually encapsulates the entirety of expertise, right? It's, it's, it's getting to the point where your skill is decoupled from yourself and where you're able, you're, you're, you're good enough at, at identifying what is good and what is bad that you can look at your own work objectively and like, and so objectively that it becomes hilarious when you did something bad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so and also, you can you can tell that it's bad. Yes, you know if if uh, if you're a, a just starting out at something, oftentimes the reason that uh, you know that there was a mistake is because somebody else found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that's where the embarrassment comes. Yeah, in. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Now we also need to talk about derecho. Yes, which which is a kind of storm that. Just absolutely fucked up the whole Midwest, pretty much. Um, I don't remember what the exact parameters are, but it's essentially it's it gets called a derecho storm when it passes a certain threshold of like traveling over a certain distance at a certain speed. Mm. Essentially, fuck it's, it's, it's a it's a horizontal a tornado. Mm, yes, mm. Uh, and so our hometown of uh, Grinnell. Iowa got absolutely blasted by this storm, and not flavor uh, blasted, wind no, blasted. Not, yeah, which is not way the good worse. kind. No cheddar yeah. cheese involved. So I, so I think I, I you know, down here in uh, Missouri, we we got we got some wind, but we only had sixty mile per hour wind. So like that's enough to to rip a bunch of branches off of trees, knock some shingles um, off, knock mm-hmm. some shingles off. You know, it's gonna some stuff's gonna move and get get sort of thrashed and thrown around. But uh, up in up in uh, our hometown, they had 100 mile an hour sustained winds for over 30 minutes, which is essentially you're just, you're just yeah. in a tornado for 30 minutes, basically. Yeah, category two hurricane shit. Yeah, tornadoes actually do you the service of just being there for like a second and then moving along, you know. But shit. they're like, I'm just gonna dip in real quick, fuck some shit up. <laughs> I won't. I won't be long. I got other. I got other places to be. Uh, but yeah, this just this this windstorm just. Uh, flattened the town pretty much um they don't have they don't have power there's just debris everywhere um and i think something like three hundred thousand people in iowa have been without power for for most yeah. of this week yeah and it's kind of it's kind of hits that like that widespread um amount of damage where like you know if your power goes out because of a storm oftentimes it's just like a your area like a little area mm-hmm. power company could come maybe a day to fix no problem yeah, yeah. if like half of the state is out of power, then now you're in a triage situation. What what like, actually not is it that like all the power lines got knocked down or something? Is it like is it like along I eighty there's like power lines going across and just I mean if you look I saw pictures from from our hometown where there's like there's a power line that was basically snapped off at the base. Like it's just a snapped pole and it's sort of being held up by all of its wires, right? Like sideways. Yeah. There's a bunch so of it's basically, yeah, everything's just ripped to shit. Like it's just terrible. Yeah. So uh, our thoughts are going out to everybody who got hit by this thing. Uh, hopefully everybody gets back on their feet. But I mean, it, this is going to be a, like a year long cleanup and repair process to get everything back to, you know, 100 uh, percent. And, you know, it's 2020. So why the yeah. fuck not? Yeah, right? Guys? <laughs> right? Welcome to August. <laughs> yep. Can't wait to see what's coming next month. Uh, anyways. And we, we learned to we learned a new term, which is derecho. Mm-hmm. So hopefully a, we don't need to hear. I mean, it's a good sounding word. It sounds like it'll it'll destroy you. You know what I mean? Like it's got a good. Sounds like a sounds like a bounty hunter. It does. Know, yeah, he's coming to coming to get you. Uh, all right, now let's talk about some in, industry news. <clears throat> we got a couple couple things to talk about. <laughs> one is one is okay. Fortnite, epic. Fortnite is. Arguably the, the most popular game in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got like a, I think, 32 zillion players. Yeah, its competitors are probably Minecraft and Roblox. Yeah. In terms of in scale. Terms of scale yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Um, so, uh, Tim Sweeney, who is the CEO of, of Epic games, the, and the creators of Fortnite, um, it's a, has it's a often private company, right? Yes. Well, Tencent owns a piece of it. Yeah, but it's not, it's, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's not publicly traded. Um, but it, it has many investors. Yeah. So Tim Sweeney has come out repeatedly and sort of publicly bashed, uh, some of the large, Platforms. I would say every it. single one of them, actually. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they started up their own store. They started up the Epic Store basically publicly bashing Steam and talking about Steam's 30% cut being unjustified. And they wanted to bring Fortnite to mobile, so they started going after the mobile stores for the same yeah. reason. So they, they released Fortnite on its own, separate from the Google Play Store. Um, then later, fairly recently, actually, they brought, it, they brought Fortnite to the Google Play Store. Um, and just recent, and it's been it's been on iOS for quite some time. So just recently, just uh, yesterday or two days ago, mm-hmm. just yesterday, they they passed review on those platforms with a new update, and they had some secret shit in the update where they could essentially enable a feature remotely, you know, because you can do that. Um, where all of a sudden they turned on their own payment processing system, so that players in this in these games could just pay Epic directly. It was even better. They could not- choose between. They could choose between using in-app purchases or getting a 20% discount and going through Epic's payment system. Mm-hmm. So so there's no choice really, right? Like, of course, of course you're going to take the the cheap one for the same thing. Um, and, and because this is in violation of the guidelines for these stores that all developers must agree to, ourselves included, like whenever we've put games up, we have to agree to these terms. Um, that if you are putting your game on these services, you have to use their platform for processing payments and stuff through them. Yeah, this is only so, true for games. Very important. Only true for games. So like Netflix, etc. cetera, uh, people can yeah. use it to subscribe through it uh, just because it's easy, but you don't – you're not forced to actually if your game is – or if you're – sorry, if your application is a business application or basically not a game. If it's a game though, you have to do this. Yeah. So like let's say let's say you're a subscriber to LinkedIn's, you know, professional tier. And then you get the LinkedIn app on your iPhone. You don't need to also subscribe through Apple Correct. to get access to that content. You've already paid it directly to LinkedIn through their website, right? But yeah, it is the case that for whatever reason, since the beginning of time on these platforms, games have been treated totally differently than all other things. Um and and we we've seen this time and time again as we like as we were making Levelhead and and bringing it to other to different platforms, and we were trying to explain like oh yeah you you just have one account right so players on Switch can play with play the same levels made by people on PC and blah 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 and there was always some pushback no matter what platform we were talking mm-hmm. to because there's this idea that like <clears throat> having things be cross platform um, is better for the platform. Like that's sort of an an inherent bias that any given platform you has. Mean, like mean they want, the well, no, the platform wants to keep their own walled garden. Correct. Like they want to keep their own ecosystem, and so we had to, in a lot of cases, explain like, no, this is this is better for players. It's better for the health of the game because if you think about it, similar to something like Twitter, like imagine if you had to have a totally unique Twitter account on your iPhone versus on your computer versus on your android do you mean like how with uh with what's what's that warframe that isn't discord the thing that isn't discord the slack slack you have to have a different fucking account every time you want to use it in a different workspace and so that you have yeah it basically makes everything into slack yeah is it it true (laughs) it is true i have i have 10 different username password combinations all with the same username uh for yeah yep yeah it's it's rough, but uh, but and, and this is this is the problem, right? It's like every time uh, by creating these walled gardens, these platforms try to lock users in, but they create a terrible user experience, right? Um, and so Epic basically said, like we they they pulled this move, knowing full well that they were going to get banned from the app stores, which is a which is admittedly wild because like their their uh, game. Makes billions of dollars, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Um, and and presumably a a significant proportion of their revenue comes from from Google Play and iOS, yeah. right? Yeah, probably most of the stuff comes from PC, I would bet. So, 
So they're they're not yeah. like completely hamstringing themselves, but they're definitely taking a. They, but a they're hit. they're yeah they're willingly taking a, a big financial hit, which is actually part of the strategy because they so they they did this they pulled this move clearly violated this specific app store guideline, and they immediately sued. Yeah, like the the moment that because so they did that and then they waited until they got pulled off of the stores, but the moment that. That that happened, they made a huge announcement with a trailer. Yeah, they, they had a trailer about them being banned. Yeah, and yeah. Filed, filed their suit that was ready to go because they knew exactly why and how they were going to get uh, pulled off the store. Now let's talk about how how yeah. much more wild this gets because so not only did they do this <laughs> on purpose and with with the ammo locked and loaded for the lawsuit as well as to turn it into a marketing spectacle. But the the trailer that they so they made, again they made a trailer for this, which I think also played in game. Yeah, it's playing uh, in game right now. Yeah. So in other there's, words, there's a hashtag free Fortnite or something that's yeah, playing so in there. Yeah. If you get into Fortnite, you actually you will see like basically they're able to broadcast this idea, this whole message to literally like the billion people who uh, who have Fortnite provided they they still have it on their phones. And so uh, what's ended up happening though is that they their trailer is animated from in game assets, so it's like all characters from inside of Fortnite, but it's a remake. Of Apple's own trailer, okay, the, from the infamous 1984 tra- commercial from yeah, which is for the original Macintosh. I yeah, think which is was. back then was all about them Apple being like you know essentially saying break away from this monopolist nonsense of was IBM I think at the time IBM um, yeah yeah break away from them and then basically Fortnite's calling them out and being like. You literally are have become the monster. You become you know? the <laughs> yeah. but but I, yeah, so the crazy, crazy thing, the crazy thing to me is how. Like this, this uh, walled garden approach of is specifically with relation to in-app purchases, mm-hmm. right? Like, th- this is the the stance that Epic is taking is like we should be able to process our own in-app purchases. They're not they're not taking a stance about anything else, like user accounts or whatever, because they people do have cross-platform user accounts for Fortnite on uh, mobile and stuff like that, and that's allowed, right? Um, it's just about payments, and so. They're 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 trying to make this trailer and this vibe of being like we're a, we're going up against this like oppressive regime mm-hmm. kind of a thing, and they're broadcasting it to other players. But like, why would the players care who's processing their payments? <laughs> well, the thing is, like, it's uh, because of the framing though. They're doing it correctly, which is they're making it very clearly not about the payments, right? Because the pay, the the hashtag is not uh, let you pay us directly for Fortnite. Right, mm-hmm. it's, but, it's free. Right. It's but this concept, is, right? Yeah, it's this idea that That's, actually yeah. Apple is the one who is who is uh, causing the, the problem here, right? Even though, of course, Epic willfully was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have yeah. this happen." But, but the whole, yeah, but the whole thing, it, it is purely an exercise in framing because Epic is. They came out and they said, like, you know, uh, if Apple were to reduce their cut down to ten percent, then we would pass those savings directly on to our players, right? Yeah. Um, so, so what Epic is saying is like, we would just we would reduce prices, even though we are selling digital goods that have no cost to manufacture, right? Mm-hmm. Like Epic, Epic has full control over what prices they charge things for their players, and they could just adjust that price at any time. The difference is that they would also take a cut. So Epic is saying like, if Apple is willing to take a financial hit, then we will give our players. Well, it's the whole idea of yeah, passing, right? passing, <laughs> passing the value down to the consumer. But the whole point is that the framing is supposed to set it up for the legal battle, right? Because literally that's what their whole – the difference in the IAP pricing was supposed to essentially show unequivocally that if Apple was not if, – if they weren't having to give Apple this cut, then the consumer is able to actually have a better experience. Yeah, because the last lawsuit fell apart basically was because – because there was a, there was an antitrust suit going on in Europe mm-hmm. for a while, like maybe even still ongoing. This thing's taking a fucking long still time. But the but the big part of the argument was like was whether or not the consumer is actually being punished, and the relationship exactly between a developer and the platform, and, and like what that actually is, and how it's defined, and where competition is. There was like a whole bunch of pieces of this that were not really clear. And I think that what this is doing is it's picking one of those, which is in this case the harm to the consumer, mm-hmm. and and making a direct case for it. Um, and they're, I mean, and they're not wrong. Like as much as you want to say, like they could just choose to cut their prices and then take the cut. Like that doesn't make any sense as a stance because their whole, their, their whole argument is that basically is that there, there's an absence of choice here, right? If you are a consumer, 
right? Um, or if you are a developer. In both cases, there's an absence of choice because you have two choices if you're talking about a mobile gaming environment, right? You got two choices, they're the same, right? Both charge 30%. They don't compete because they're basically in a price, they're in a de facto price fixing strategy, right? Because mm-hmm. the whole the whole like industry standard 30%, that's not because that's like the amount you need to do any specific thing. It's because that's what you can get away with, right? That that's you've they've you've been able to get away with that because that at some point in time was the standard and we would just carry that forward. But if you think about what it means to deliver game content digitally versus versus physically, right? Back when that was still the cut was still thirty percent at that time, right? Uh, it's it's a different thing, right? It, it's pretty obviously a different yeah. thing. Um, so I, th- I think they're I think they're they're doing something here that I think is actually uh, interesting and important. And I think they're I don't think they're wrong in their in their framing of the other tech giants as being as having monopolistic behavior, because the key to a monopoly is basically the presence of choice, right? Presence or absence of choice. And then what happens as a consequence of that absence with regards to pricing, right? And their whole point is that basically the pricing is arbitrary. They don't have to compete on it, and there's no choice, either for consumers or for developers. And I think they're 100% right about all of that. Yeah. So I'm very excited to see how all this ends up. They, they are, but but there's there's an extra weird layer to this, which is that I think I think the whole thing is coupled up in the fact that um, – that Apple also doesn't allow any any competing storefronts. Right? Yes. So like it. Yeah. So like if you want to release a game, you have to release it through the App Store, which means that Apple is going to incur the costs of hosting the data for that game and distributing it to users, right? Yeah. As well as the costs of licensing and maintenance and whatever else it comes with, just like storing it and storing that much stuff and transmitting that much uh, bandwidth to its users, right? And they also manage updates, test flight in terms of like uh, beta testing and stuff like that. So everything is completely coupled up into the Apple ecosystem. So if, if you were able to still – basically, if you were able to still take advantage of of all of those features that Apple provides, but then 100% opt out of paying them anything, right – by just bypassing and using all of your own, but that's literally what all of the other applications do that aren't games. I guess that's the funny thing to me is like this literally already is the case because the whole point of the the, the original intent, if you well, read no, it, no, that's that's not that's not what it is because if you if you open up Netflix on your iPhone and you want to subscribe, you will do it through Apple. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but, it, but like you it's, have the it's option, not it's right? not like you can you have the option to go to your computer and go to a different platform and pay on that platform mm-hmm. and get access on on iOS. Yeah, but I but think you it's, can't, it's a difference in framing from the original way that the storefront was set up because the original the intent with the storefront with the whole distribution side of the applications was to provide increased value to people for having an, a phone an iPhone in the first place. It wasn't about making a fuckload of money off of that store. Like if you look at the the original vision for it actually didn't think that it was going to make much at all. It was supposed to be a value add for consumers, not a value add in terms of like services. But it's grown into that because it's obviously what it is. Um, it's become an entire industry. Yeah, absolutely. Making apps. Uh, but I think you know? well, yeah, as soon as you do that and then you have a complete chokehold on everything coming in and out, then yeah, you literally run directly into antitrust. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> is like I, I – I don't really know where I where I stand on this in general. I feel like I don't know enough about it, but I do think that um, Epic has some really smart people, and I think mm-hmm. that they're like and a lot they're, of they're clearly yeah, yeah they're clearly trying to aim for some specific weak point in the armor of this of this whole thing, right? Because if if it turns out to be the case that like games can't be treated differently, then that would mean that games that game studios could process their own payments. And if that's the case, then now we're like one inch closer to people just running their own stores and selling their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, which starts the cascade of logic into just allowing people to distribute their own games without having to go through the app store at all uh, or their apps or whatever it is. So the whole thing is really interesting and it's going to be, it's going to be something yeah. to see yeah. where this goes. Um, all right, so there's one one other quick industry thing, which I think is super interesting to talk about, which we this happened a couple of weeks back, but we didn't have time to talk about it. But uh, there's there was a bit of a hullabaloo, I think, yeah. is the term, uh, where a large number of players, of console players, were 
up in arms because there was a uh, Avengers game, a Marvel game that was coming to PlayStation that had Spider-Man in it. And Spider-Man did not exist in the same game on other consoles. Mm -hmm. I think it's both on Xbox and on PC. Xbox, PC, and uh, PlayStation, Mm -hmm. right? Is where it was. And you could, if you wanted to play as Spider-Man or get access to Spider-Man, you had to play it on PlayStation. And uh, I just wanted to talk about this for, for a second because I thought it was really interesting to see what the, the player response was and where the anger was, was funneled, right? Mm-hmm. Because so, so as a developer, you, you never want to make exclusive content because that means that you have to do a bunch of work to make stuff that a, only a specific portion of your players will see, mm-hmm. right? Uh, exclusive content is 100% of the time always done at the behest of a platform. Yes. Right? Because it's basically uh, you use it as a way to sort of sweeten the deal such that, such that you can get almost anything. I mean, you know, we've, we've done, I guess, the, the closest equivalent currently is like we did originally when we brought Crashlands to the Switch – like literally, when when we went to go talk to them about bringing Crashlands to the Nintendo Switch, they said, "Well, you know what? What can you like do? How can you make this launch more exciting? Yeah, how can you, yeah. exactly? That was yeah. the question. Yeah, how, well, how can you make it more exciting for us? Right? Um, and we managed. We managed to by by choosing a feature so big, which was co op, local co op, uh, to also convince them that like it's fine and we can put it everywhere." Uh, it's fine to have it not be exclusive, right? Because it's far too big of a yeah. feature. It's not just but like it co- it's coinciding with the with the new launch on on Switch, so it's still about Switch and so on. Right. So yeah, so there, there's like there's always mistakes because everything's everything's a negotiation, right? There's always some wiggle room there, but yeah, totally. But the more yeah. you give up, uh, at, the more the more you give up in terms of giving giving a platform something juicy, as juicy and big as possible. Like the, the more you can carve out of your game and hand over to the platform, uh, the more leverage you have in your negotiation. Because if you're in the case of like Sony, right? If you're going to carve out Spider-Man, right? Oof. Uh, like as a as a playable character, a beloved iconic character, um, then that is such a big get, right? For for the platform that they're going to whatever it is they're going to do, they're going to pay out the nose for, right? Um, also, this is not like a. By the way, there's like this. The particular game we're talking about is not one where like you see Spider-Man from far away. And it's like not a super asset heavy. Like this is play as Spider Man. This is probably like making Spider Man would have taken the studio like months of human time. Oh yeah, isn't it? Isn't it the case that Sony does have some kind of like exclusive rights to Spider Man? Yeah, so that's the thing. So like, right? For movie rights, right. I'm not sure if it's also for games or not. But it I, well, I mean, all these uh, all the Spider Man games that I know about have been on PlayStation. Correction. I mean, recently. I think there were some on like Game Boy back in the day. And stuff, but, yeah, yeah, yeah so I mean, so I mean, the the interesting thing about this was that there was a huge conversation among all these uh, gaming communities about boycotting this game. Okay, boycotting the game. Cancel your nobody, pre-order. You know? Nobody talked about boycotting Sony. Yeah, Sony's the right? cause of this. Sony has the. The ex- they're the they're the ones who would push for the exclusive. Well, here's a question: They have they, they have the license. Did they, they, they actually license. have? Was it an exclusivity arrangement, or was it that they they refused to reach a licensing agreement for the other platforms? It, it, I think in either case, in either case, blame does blame. not absolutely. Yeah. yeah, the blame does not land on the. It's framed as exclusive content. Yeah. yeah, and so. It's so like, yes, it sucks as a player to be like, oh man, you know, I have the Xbox version. So there's this whole section of this game that I don't get to play. But that's not something, that's not an experience that the developer wants to give to you. you yeah. Know? That's, that's, some, that's something <laughs> that's that not they even had something that the to publisher do. wants to give to you. There's a publisher of Sony, which they might have been. I'm not sure. I think yeah. Those are. And so, so boycotting the game, but still then going out and like buying the, and, and like, I, I know, I know that this specific case is about Sony. Um, but, but the 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 point stands no matter what the platform is. It's like know who know where the the blame lies, right? Like if you're gonna if you're gonna get up in arms about something, uh, don't just go swinging wildly, <laughs> just like, <laughs> like lash out at the nearest. Well, I think uh, what this target I think here. the I think what this this 
caused is that it's that idea of the greedy devs. Yep. Right. Oh, it always so, which cracks me up so fucking much. Because, but okay. I mean, it is, it is <laughs> not necessarily true because licensing is complex. And if Sony owns the rights, then it gets even more complex. Right. Yeah. Yep. So it isn't even necessarily the case that, that there was a choice here, um, depending on what the arrangement was. Yeah. Uh, but true. assuming there was a choice, which is what everybody's assuming. That's what, that's how it was framed. Right. So assuming there was a choice, then I think the, the, the knee jerk reaction that people have is, well, you didn't have to, right? You didn't have to come to this exclusivity arrangement. That didn't have to happen. Yeah, you did it because, and the reason you did it would be because you're getting paid to do it. That That's the only possible, as we just said, right? The only reason you would do this is because you need it to, as leverage for a business agreement to get, to get onto a platform period or to uh, get a, enough featuring on a platform at launch or to just get straight out money, right? In, in any case, like, it's a thing. You, and some of those things you have to do. So in the case of us as a small studio, if we were given the option to get a big feature treatment on a platform, if we provide them a little extra unique content, right? Something. Yeah, we would need to do that because the chances of us going bankrupt by not having a successful hit are too high, right? So we, we, we can't risk that. If you're a huge studio, that's a little less true. But now the money on the table is very different, and and the the extent of it is much larger. And so now, if you're a huge studio and like a and a, and and you're going up to Sony, and Sony says like, oh yeah, we'll we'll uh, let's say we'll cut your revenue share or whatever by yeah. like by half for the first year if you guys give us a Spider-Man exclusive, right? That's now enough money to either, which is what you heard people saying too, like feed, feed their CEOs just double their salary, right? Which realistically, I know, does happen, and that sucks. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> But if it didn't go there, if it didn't go just to the top for no reason, it actually went into the to the games themselves, which actually, and it still will to a large extent, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, because that's it's very fucking expensive to make games, and they need that money. And shareholders, while they are weirdly willing to pay their CEOs enormous amounts of money, uh, still want to make sure that those companies keep on going and, and keep on generating revenue in the future. So, so yeah, so it, it's. It's a it's a weird case because it is on the one hand true you didn't have to right you didn't have to do it on the other hand the deal can be so good and so actually essential for your business's success that maybe you kind of do have to yeah you know yeah well this I mean this kind of comes back to like we were talking about this this framing thing with Epic right so I think it's always interesting when people talk about um, games that are like pay to play where it's a free game that you get and then you got to pay to like get access to some stuff in the game that like really makes the game work. Good. Which is a lot like just buying yeah. a game in the first place. That's also Well, exactly, right? Because like <laughs> people are, cause people get mad about the one that they get for free that they then pay later, but they're totally fine with paying up front and having no game at first and then like getting all of the game, right? So all of these things are just like a, a framing issue because, because, for example, the God of War game that recently came out yeah. on PlayStation – Fantastic game. Incredible. Totally funded by Sony, right? Um, took like five years to make. 10 out of 10 everywhere. And uh, I don't really recall there being a huge uproar, right? Mm-hmm. About about the fact that this game wasn't also on Xbox or wasn't also on PC. People are like, yeah, I mean, it's a PlayStation game. I'll just go play it over there. Um, but the, but the uh, exclusive content of a, of a non-exclusive game... Is like right there in that middle ground. Yeah, well, it's, people, it's the idea that, that some, get something's been taken away from you because this is really what it's all about, right? Is is in the case of like Sony, Sony paid for this game. This game exists. And yeah. If you go to Sony, you can play it on a Sony PlayStation, right? Um, versus this game exists. The content is in there. I just don't get to have it. Something has been taken away from me now, right? But not because it's not on the platform. It is on the platform, right? It's just because this one piece has been deliberately. Like sabotage, right? Like there's there's a there's more of a feeling of like somebody did this to me. I think when it comes to when it comes to uh, exclusive content inside of a game. Yeah, yeah, and of, and of course, like on paper, it's exactly the same in the sense that there's stuff on one platform that you don't have on another platform. The difference is is uh, the endowment effect of it, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like you've started to get access to it, but then you don't get what you know to be the but rest. It's also and now that you, <laughs> you paid for the same thing. I think there's the other thing too that I I think there it's a fair complaint, right? Which is the idea that if 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 a unique part of the game is substantial enough, so say like a whole superhero character that's one of people's favorites, right? Um, that it's that it it represents a significant you know quote unquote fraction of the game in terms of like what you can do in that thing right 
and you just don't get to have that because it's very, this is very different than what you see from most exclusive content, which is like, oh, you get this extra gun, right? Or usually it's cosmetic in nature, not like I, a, it's almost always cosmetic, yeah. or it's like on Terraria, there's like a handful of weird like drops and stuff that like you don't need, right? Uh, this is a very different kind of thing, um, and it, and it gives you that sense that like that a, that a very substantial portion of your games were taken away, but it's still in there technically, and also you paid the same for it, right? Uh, and so I think the sense of unfairness, I think, is it's not unjustified um, for for this kind of an exclusivity arrangement. Um, I don't think there's a way to frame it, this kind of arrangement, in a way that doesn't suck. I think it probably is, yeah. which, is, which yeah. is more along the lines of if you if it was the case if it is the case that Sony owns the licensing rights for Spider Man, um, then if the devs are able to come out and say, "Hey, like we're so excited, you know, we weren't going to have Spider Man at all." But uh, we worked a deal out with with Sony, and now like we're actually going to get to to work on Spider Man. Um, it'll actually be it'll will be a, just on their platform. But like you know that is yeah. But even that, at least we got it because because people would still be angry because again it's like the outcome is the same. But also the you have to dance around that really carefully because you can't throw your platform partners under the bus, right? You can't Unfortunately, yeah, because it, it, it is quite possible. Unless you're epic, the, actually, yeah. Unless you're, <laughs> unless you're epic, uh, unless you already are a billionaire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, we don't know what the arrangement looks like because it, qu- it could quite possibly be that that Sony just refused to license yeah. at a reasonable rate to the, the, that character unless that character was only on. So the, the options might have been like don't have Spider-Man at all or have it but have it on PlayStation only. Or maybe they'd already made it and then ran into licensing trouble later, right? Or who, who knows what happened? Yeah, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? And and you can't, especially if you're in AAA, again, unless you're Epic and don't have shareholders to answer to, right? Uh, I mean, like in the public traded sense. Um, mm-hmm. Then uh, yeah, you don't have that kind of wiggle room where you can just say, you know what? Fuck these guys for making me do this. Like, I'm going to... I'm gonna. It is their fault. I'm going to make it public that it is their fault, right? Mm-hmm. Mostly, what we what we have to do as developers is we have to navigate the the business relationships with these mega giants, right? Who can crush us at any moment? Who we're completely dependent on for our our livelihoods, and we have to make sure that no matter how unjust we think we're being treated by some requirement or some whatever, right? Which also brings us back to the epic discussion. No matter how unfair things seem and like unreasonable they are, how much. Uh, how fraught that, that sort of that sort of scenario is. We mostly just have to do what we're told because if we, the only we way have to, to survive because we have to survive, yeah. and so we don't. And this, is, this brings all the way back to the epic thing about the lack of options, right? And you see people like in this debate for both these topics actually, you know, just saying saying stuff about how uh, how we don't have to put our games on these stores, right? We agreed to the terms on the stores. And all yeah, this kind of stuff not, too. It's just not fucking true. Like, that's not how things work, you know. Like, you want to sell games, yeah. you got to sell them through Steam. You got to sell them through. That's the case. Uh, it's the, the only way you can make a living. And so our so our options really are basically accept whatever, do our best, and navigate these complicated relationships with these platforms, and try to make good business deals and so on. Like we, our options are basically to do that, and then and then be quiet about it. Right. And, we, and, we'll, and we'll take a cut. There'll be like, you know, whatever. They'll take their cut, cut or, or whatever. They'll, they'll make us do X number of things to get on the platform, you know, whatever. Right? So our dev costs go up and, and our, it just, we take this huge cut goes away. Right. All that's going to happen. And, and that's, we can either do that or not make video games for a living. Those yeah, are and really honestly, honestly, I'm fine. Like I, <laughs> I am totally fine uh, paying the 30% or doing whatever the exclusive is. Because the fact is like, I love doing this. And it's just the cost of doing business, you know? Um, And, and I also understand that like, that in, that incentives and interests don't always align. Right. Like it's, it's, it's something that that we always kind of come back to around launch time when we're thinking about launching our game. And it's like, man, it reminds me of, I can't remember what this was from, but it's like, you know, like that day that, that like my army came and burned down your village was like the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, it's it's very much like that in the sense that we spend years making these games and months building up the marketing and localization and everything to try to get them out out to the to the public. Um, and that's our one thing. Like, that's our one shot to do that. Uh, but for the platforms, they got 20, 30 games coming out a day. Yeah. Ours is just like they're like we we work on this thing for years and then we bring it to them and like we hand it over and they're yeah, like, they're yeah, like well, just throw well, it in the pile. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we can fit it in on a Thursday. We'll see if we can yeah. slot that in. Uh, I don't know. Like the pile's pretty big today, so it's good. Yeah, 
people may not see it, but it's there, you know? Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of the vibe, right? So, so like I'll, I'll do whatever to get, to get our game to the top of that pile, whatever mm-hmm. they need from us. I, well, uh, yeah. yeah okay, but, sure. but again, it's because yeah. we have no choice, right? We, we, we have to do Correct. And, and, and there's not, it's, I think it's important to say that also there's, there's not really a competing alternative because, because reducing the, 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 the store cut, right? Yeah, that would be enormously helpful, especially for those of us on the on the lower end of of success. Like for AAA, like they've already got five hundred million dollars. What's another fifty million dollars, right? Um, obviously, it's a bunch of money, but yeah, they it's still fifty million fucking dollars, right? Yeah. Um, so so they still would prefer to have that money, but they can they can run their ship without it, right? If you're now talking like the bottom of the indie barrel, where people they launch a game and they make ten thousand bucks, right? If they can increase that to fourteen thousand bucks. Twelve thousand bucks, whatever, right? That isn't a fucking enormous uh, improvement, like, and, and that dramatically and fundamentally changes the likelihood of you getting to continue yeah. doing this as a job Correct. and so on. So, so I think it's it's one of those actually things that that, that the incentives actually aren't really properly aligned because the incentives right now are to go towards uh, what they always are, which is if a game is already successful and can continue selling copies at large scale, then that is the thing that you should be advertising, right? Because you're getting thirty percent of a much larger number. So the problem is still the same as it as it was, and incentives are aligned in the sense that the more somebody sells a any game, then the better they do, and the more games they have that they can sell, and so like that, that all is is good. So they are aligned, but the alignment is not coupled to the specific cut, right? It's also not aligned because because uh, you know we talk about this on this side, but we but if we ever anybody who actually develops in all these different environments uh, and have used the developer tools that are available to us fucking nightmare right so they some of them are some pieces of a bunch of them are really good um uh i don't really think i could say that like any one is spectacular like top to it bottom. is perfectly safe to say that the amount of money that all of these platforms are making uh as far as what percentage that goes back reinvested into making sure that that platform experience is fantastic it's is not very fucking little yeah it's not all that fantastic is, that's not a stretch at all you mean fantastic for for developers? For developers, yeah, yeah. To, correct. To use, yeah. and well, but because I think the important thing is this is one of the arguments that you're hearing um, from from Apple and Google and others, right? Is and, and Steam too, is that we need this cut to be this high because we can't actually maintain and run the store without it, right? And there's and there's some truth to that without it without a doubt because they have to do their own marketing, um, they have to have their own staff, they have to do their own development. There's a whole bunch of stuff that has to happen, and it's very expensive. Uh, the question of whether you know if you're if you're taking thirty percent of Fortnite money, right, on a store, that's probably sufficient to basically fund your entire store running operation, right, Correct. for all games for like a decade. <laughs> so, so I think, I think the scale is is it's it's fair to call that into question and in that and that cut and ask yeah. you know what is it that's that's uh, that's actually going on there. So I don't know, I think it's all very interesting and this whole problem that I think it's it's a weird one when it comes to the idea of fairness, right, because. Uh, I think there's there's a there's a reaction people have kind of on the other side in defense of these huge companies like like uh, Google and Apple, where they're like, well, they made the store, you don't have to be on there. They're providing you all these customers. Like all that stuff is true, and at a lower scale, um, is a kind of thing that like yeah, it would feel abs- it's like absolute bullshit to be like, oh yeah, like I want access to your ten thousand customers, whoever you are, but I don't want to pay for that, right? No, that's insane. Like nobody would ever demand that, right? Mm-hmm. But once you hit a certain scale. So that you are the market, the entirety of the market, Correct, yeah, and and it, and a market that is large enough that it actually is a has a global impact. Uh, you'd actually fairness starts to go the other way for you, or at least is supposed to. That's how antitrust is supposed to work, right? Uh, and it is supposed to favor the little guy, um, and it doesn't currently. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this all shakes out. <laughs> Definitely, is all that- you got to do is buy is buy some Congress folks, you know. Then yeah. boom, you're you're good. You're locked yeah, in. The problem is, we, yeah, we don't we don't have a tech giant money to buy our Congress people. So yeah. Also, they just went on recess for like a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah buy, them, buy them to do what? Yeah, despite everything. But yeah, to be fair, there's just not a lot going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I mean, what are the, you know? Yeah. What are they going to talk about? What are they even going to talk about? Just let them let them take their break. You know. Uh, all right. We got a little bit of time left. Let's hit uh, questions real quick. All right. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. Highest up-footed question comes from Tim Conceivable, the one and only, who says, do you hug your brothers? Yeah. I mean, no. There's a there's a pandemic. Yeah, COVID, yeah not right yeah. now. <laughs> but in general, yeah. But yeah definitely of course. Right 
it's too dangerous to hug people right now, which is also, by the way, one of the weirdest things because uh, I hate it. The other day, Sampy came by and dropped off uh, some croissants from that delicious bakery near uh, Adam's S place. Actually, this was like, I think a month, maybe two months ago. I decided time is weird, <laughs> whatever. Anyways, she came by and I've had the same response every time I've seen a friend from a socially distant, safe distance, which is, it's really weird for, like, for me to like, not, you can't, you can't even approach. Like there's not even a, yep. you know, and it's like, there's, there's definitely a, you know, you want to hug someone, but you literally can't because it's not allowed. Which is when weird. I was, uh, when I was voting the other day. We were in our socially distant line, you know, we were like super long line that extended <laughs> like out of the building and was wrapping around the block, but there's only like 20 people in it, which is pretty wild. And there was this, this one super chatty fella in the line. He was, of course, he was talking very loudly because he has a mask and he's like six feet away mm-hmm. from the people around him. So he's like, bla- he's just voice blasting the entire area and, uh, and after... He did that thing where, like, after you've been talking to somebody for a while, they're like, oh, right, I should introduce myself, right? And he's like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. such and such. And then he, like, went in for this, like, elbow bump thing. And so, like, they bumped elbows. And I was looking at this and I was like, I mean, I get that we can't do the handshake thing, right? But this is not better. Like, this is, this is like, not this a is, good alt. Right, this just is a don't. pale in comparison. Like elbows. Like, are yeah, you're still you're still breaking the the COVID barrier in order to do it. Yeah, you broke the social. Yeah, he's like, it's okay now because it's elbows. You know, it's like no, it's still dumb. Don't fucking do. Just don't. You don't have to touch. So you don't get anything yeah. out of touching your elbows. One, it's like a bone. Like how much sensitivity do you have on your elbow? Almost yeah. none. Although, so. Handshakes are most about show dominance, we all know, right? Of course. Now, bumping elbows, because if you, if you get good at bumping elbows, you can bump someone right in the fucking funny bone. You're like, you just, oh, yeah, you just right slam between those, Right between those joints. So if you can get really good at it, then I think you could probably assert dominance a lot more effectively even with a handshake. This sounds like one of those post-apocalyptic cultural shifts, you know, where like it becomes yeah. this sort of uh, jousting match with the elbows real quick to see who can – who can hit the but isn't it first. isn't it interesting how like the 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 way that we've agreed that you introduce yourself is you announce your name they announce their name then you lock it in yeah, you, you lock gotta, it in with some kind of physical you contact touch, you know yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you don't because you know imagine the scenario where somebody says like I'm Steve and the person's like I'm Jerry and then they both just stand there looking at <laughs> each other <laughs> what's the follow up you're like Great, glad we know, but glad we both know each other's yeah, names it's, now. It's less that you've forged a new alliance and more that you've exchanged facts about one another. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So actually, because part, part of what social lubricant is all about is having having shared events that you can then talk about, right? So having a handshake, having a physical interaction that is fraught with with complexities and somebody fucking it up and someone having wet hands and like any, any kind of thing you can conceive Or you get your fingertips, just your tips caught in, you know, oh, yeah, someone yeah. grabs so, it early. You're like, why really, have you done this to me? Yeah. <laughs> or somebody squeezes your hand. And you can be like, Oh, you got a strong handshake. And now you can talk mm-hmm. about farming or whatever. Right. Yep. So like you're, yep. I, I think uh, you, you need that, that next event, but it doesn't have to be a handshake. It could be any, I think that the key is it has to be, it has to be uncertain. There has to be danger involved. Some and skill. Mm-hmm. skill and it, ha- it has to have enough going on that it gets to create a story because now with that story you got something to talk about you can go from the mm-hmm. intros stating of facts you go from the stating of facts to the exchange of chaos and then from the exchange of chaos you go into now we have a shared history let mm-hmm. us talk about the results of this chaos a friendship is born that's how you so what here's here's maybe some alternate here's some alternatives this is also why you go from the weather right because the weather is the shared chaos right so when you don't have anything mm-hmm. else when you don't have that handshake, you go for the weather. Well, unless you live in Los Angeles, they don't talk about the weather there. Talk about traffic because traffic is always chaos. They talk yeah, about traffic. traffic yeah, is you the gotta weather. talk about the chaos. Whatever's the chaos. All right, some some possible alternatives. Socially distant. Hand, we need some socially distant ways to lock in a greeting and introduce chaos oh, into the. Hard. All right, here's here's one. Maybe like you say, I'm I'm Steve. They say. I'm Jerry. Then you both stare each other down and you say, acknowledged, as loud as you can. Mm-hmm. That way, it's like a verbal Not no skill. Shake. No skill involved. You know? That's true. That's Option true. two. Option two. You say, I'm Steve. They say, I'm Jerry. 
You both get on the ground, boom, you bang up five push-ups as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Too ableist. <laughs> there you go. I mean, so, so, so is a handshake. I mean, you got to have... It's true. To degree. Yeah, it's, it's, all, true. it's all degrees. It's, it's more ableist, but yeah, it's true. The problem is you need it. The problem is you need something that's that's a test of skill to show dominance, but that's fairly inclusive. Yeah, exactly. You got to get as much inclusivity as you can while also showing skill and chaos all at the same time. Yeah. What so, if it was the case? So other options. You just kind of whip your head around like a rock star, you know, mm-hmm. yep, just yep. for a moment. That's a good one. If you, if you don't now, if you if you don't have. If you have a lot of hair, then then that gives you something to talk about because it's, it's like, us. wow, you really you really whipped that ponytail, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And now you can use it again, social dominance. The more hair you got, the more you can yeah. equip it. Now, for somebody like me, since I don't have any hair, it's more about just showing my neck strength, right? Because I need to really whip, whip that head around to get the same effect as somebody. I think, who I think for the aspect of skill that Adam's getting, I think uh, if you carried a, a small projectile of some sort around that either mm-hmm. you could toss in the air. Or that you could throw back and forth, right? But now, uh, but now you're still exchanging terms again. What if yeah. it secretes Purell? <laughs> what if you? What if you? Yeah, what you if you both chuck Purell-filled water balloons at each other? Yeah. There it is. There it is. Because <laughs> that way, if you hit him, you know it simulates physical contact. Or it could just nice. be maybe you just juggle. You just each juggle. Until, until, until somebody, somebody drops. fails. Yeah, until somebody Ooh, drops. Right? There you go. That could go on for a long time if somebody's really good. It could. Yeah. But, but only if both people are really good. Otherwise, it's I think that would, but that would also make more apparent how silly some of the dominant folks are with the whole handshake thing. Because, like, a handshake is brief enough. You know, like, <laughs> it can't go on too long because it's just weird. But also, like, some I've shook some dudes' hands who are like, who have tried to crush my hand. And I'm oh, like, yeah. Yeah. what are you doing? If someone was just juggling, for so like thirty it. minutes, because <laughs> they they're like, I'm not. I will dist- I will defeat you. Like, but I'm it's even worse because actually, that means it's two people doing it. It's two people juggling for like thirty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is exactly the world that we need to live in. Mm-hmm. I think hacky sacking, solo hacky sacking, would also be an acceptable trade off. Mm-hmm. What's the right move if somebody's crushing your hand? Because I, I I feel like you there's got to be a a way out of it. I think, you know, like I think blood curdling scream. <laughs> <laughs> You go to shake hands. Somebody's crushing your hand. What if you bring in your other hand? You grab their hand. Now you, Ooh, yeah, now you, know, you can double crush a double shake, right? Yeah. Now, now you can get them in both hands, and maybe you can crush their hand back and like kind of flip the flip the turn. I think the what you do is with your second right, hand, you actually use your your index and your thumb, and you wrap it around their wrist, and you just like right there where it joins, and you sort of squeeze it because it like sort of yeah, it makes, sort makes of, you get flaccid, makes you get weak. Yeah, it makes your hand all lip. <laughs> That's what you got to do. You got to decover, you know? Take your elbow right for the funny bone. Because you, you can't <laughs> hold on to a thing when your funny bone's tingling. Yeah, just funny bone, instant release valve. Oh, yeah, or, or what you do, they start crushing your hand. You take your other hand, you form a, a like a karate chop, you know. And you karate chop them. And you just jab them right in the elbow pit. Okay. Yeah, that work too, yep. They're not going to see that come. <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> They're going to let go and you'd be like, well, I guess I win. I guess I won the handshake. But none of these are very COVID friendly. Well, you well, guys, someone's already on. gripping your hand. Yeah, you're, it's time. That's true. Yeah. yeah, you could do whatever you need to do at that point, to be honest. No, Can you I consider do, a I handshake do. assault? <laughs> at this know? point? I guess battery. It's battery is the one where someone's causing you damage or whatever, right? I mean, so. cough, coughing has been giving people assault charges. Yeah, if somebody goes in for a handshake and you don't want it, and they do it anyway, that's probably... So. Because like you also don't but, you don't charge random people who are coughing around you with assault. It's if they cough on you. Well, people people like, just handshake around you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> handshake. I don't know, man. I wave yeah. a lot. You know, wave is like a is a socially distant handshake. Wait, yeah, that's true. Waving is a socially distant handshake. We could just wave at each other. Or what yeah, if we replaced no it with uh, with what if we replaced it with a hand? Yeah, a handshake where like you just get your hands in the air and you just shake them. But now you're just waving. So I guess that's. Mm-hmm. What if it was a call, more like a call and response, almost like an ASL sort of thing, right? So you learn some signs, okay? And then it's like a call and response as fast as you can go. Because that way you're still socially distant, still doing stuff, but there's still this this speed element to it. Or just see who can get to the end of the alphabet first. There you go. I like that one. Because unlike the juggling competition. I'm Steve, and then you quickly sign the entire <laughs> alphabet. Yeah, because now your hand's going to be a little tired and you're kind of shaking them out, you know, and you're like, you yeah, kind of, you're flushed a bit, you got excited because you're doing 
hand to hand combat, you know? Like, but it has an ending, unlike the juggling. It has an ending. It has an ending. Just like a handshake. A handshake doesn't go on too long. And much like a handshake, it gives the other person a weird opportunity to make comments about your hand. Yeah, you know, <laughs> which, <laughs> a fine grip. Yeah, they'd be like, "That's a that's a meaty J you just made there. That's yeah. a real good one." Get a dexterous thing we want out of uh, signing the entire ASL. <laughs> there it is. I think yeah, we solved we got it. it. We did it. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Costa, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, go to podcast.beefcast.net. We have links. <laughs> did I say that right? <laughs> you get drunk. You did say something. <laughs> <laughs> go to website. Where we've got links. Go to website.website.website.podcast.podcast. <laughs> Website, that website, that website. That's what WWW stands for. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. See you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.